This is Guidepost, a new podcast from the publishers of The CRISPR Journal. Hello, I'm Kevin Davis, executive editor of The CRISPR Journal, launching in February 2018, covering the cutting edge of CRISPR research, technology, and gene editing applications. You can find more details at crisperjournal.com. This episode of Guidepost is brought to you by Millipore Sigma CRISPR, innovative reagents you can trust. In this installment of Guidepost, we talk exclusively with Virginia Sixness of the Vilnius Institute of Technology in Lithuania, a distinguished figure in the CRISPR community and a member of our editorial board. Virgis has been involved in CRISPR research since 2007 and published critical work on how Cas9 cuts DNA in September 2012 that would have received far more recognition had Virgis's first choice journal seen fit to publish the paper earlier that year. We touch on that episode during a wide-ranging conversation that was recorded in Vilnius. I am delighted to be uh, in the office of Virgis Sixness, uh, Virginius Sixness at the uh, um, Vilnius University Institute of Technology Life Sciences Center uh, here in Vilnius, uh, Lithuania. Dr. Sixness, thank you so much for giving us some some time this morning. You're one of the the big names, one of the leaders in this uh, rapidly emerging and exciting field of uh, CRISPR, uh, Cas9 uh, biochemistry and genetics. Um, so, first, I'm interested to hear uh, what, what, what has been the primary thrust of your research career? What were you doing before we, we'd ever heard about CRISPR? Uh, actually, I would say that we didn't pop out from nowhere into a CRISPR field. Yeah. So, for many years, we were interested in research focused on bacteria and virus interactions and we were trying to understand how bacteria defend themselves against viruses and you know that actually viruses represent a lethal threat for bacteria because they need to get into bacteria in order to replicate and usually when replication is completed they kill bacteria but bacteria still thrive and multi- multiply and this is because bacteria was able to build different layers of defense mm. against viruses mm. and we were studying one of these bacteria antiviral defense systems in bacteria called restriction verification systems and you of course are aware about the restriction verification systems yeah. so these are the systems that actually was behind the revolution of, of biotech industry in the 80s. Yep. Because actually they opened the, the, the paved the way for, for cloning and, and gene transfer between different uh, organisms. Yeah. So, and in my lab, we were studying restriction enzymes in order to understand how they achieve their specificity, you know, that yes. they are specific for certain sequences. Yes. And then we we were trying to understand how they achieve this unique specificity using a combination of uh, uh, structural biology, X-ray crystallography, biochemical and and different biophysical methods. So my background is chemistry. So so therefore I was interested in mechanisms and and molecular details, how how they achieve this specificity. And of course, uh, 
Maybe we're a bit naive, but we're thinking that if we'll be able to understand how restriction enzymes achieve their specificity, so then maybe we'll be able to engineer new restriction enzymes mm. uh, that could be targeted to any any sequence. Yeah. And of course, restriction enzymes probably are not the best tools for, for genome editing. Yes. Because they recognize very short sequences yes. that are, uh, there are many of them in, yes. in genomes. But anyway, just trying to understand the principles how restriction enzymes could be targeted to any DNA sequence was the, the topic that interested us. So back in the 80s and 90s we had a big collection of different restriction enzymes that target different sequences in the DNA, yes. but am I correct in, in understanding you that you thought there would be ways either to modify these restriction enzymes or to find another, another system that could, in principle, target any sequence in the genome? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know that in, in, in the very beginning, each lab purified their own restriction enzymes. So, this is yeah. how the field started. Yeah. So, then scientists just exchanged their restriction enzymes if they needed to, yeah. to, to cut the different sequences. So, then, actually, different companies popped out, you, you know, New England Biolabs, yeah. actually, in the restriction enzymes. And then, actually, we also had a, a company called Fermentas in Lithuania. Huh? And they were, actually, one of the largest producers of restriction enzymes huh? in this part of the world, and in, in, even in the in, in, of course, uh, one of the ways to look for new restriction science was just to look in, uh, into different bacteria, yeah. trying to, to, to find bacteria that probably has a new restriction enzyme with restriction yeah. with different specificities and, 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 and companies had different screening programs that yeah. just looked at different bacteria, trying to find bacteria that has probably unique okay. restriction enzyme. And we decided to take a different approach. We decided to look at restriction enzymes from the uh, mechanistic point of view, trying to understand the principles, how they recognize different sequences and use this knowledge right. to, to, to engineer new restriction enzymes. Right. So what, how did CRISPR come into the picture as far as your own lab and your own research was concerned? How did you first hear about CRISPR uh, and get interested in it? Okay, so I, I, I was being in the restriction enzyme field for, for, for many years, and we were solving crystal structures of restriction enzymes, yeah. and we probably contributed most of the crystal structures of restriction enzymes available today in, yes. in the protein database, yes. PDB. But, but at, at some point, I, I got a bit uh, bothered by studying restriction enzymes. You know, there are nearly now 4,000 of different ah. restriction enzymes, so you can study it for, for, for many lives, yes. <laughs> you take it one by one. Yes. But, but then I, I started to look for something else. And, and, and one of the reasons was also that actually, okay, we tried to engineer these new specificities of restriction zones, but it was really, really difficult. Despite we, of that, that we have crystal structures, we, we see a clear picture how these uh, interactions between protein and DNA happens. But when you start to engineer, or do some kind of rational design. So yes. you always end up in something that probably yeah. shows new specificity, but it's not that good at the, as, as restriction enzymes that you can find in nature. And, 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 and this leads to, to, to this like 
of target cleavages and so on, yes. the engineering variants, but they still are not, not that good like right? Yes. So so I was looking for something else and, and, and then the paper in science appeared in 2007 describing new antiviral defense system that was called CRISPR and that they actually no no one was able to understand what CRISPR means and mm. many people even these days uh, the acronym is rea really it's tough yes it's tough yeah so <laughs> uh, looking backwards probably people would try to invent a different acronym <laughs> uh, but at, at these days okay it yeah. was okay so, so that so this is how CRISPR came to to to, to my yes uh, and the CRISPR the paper in 2007 that you refer to this had uh, Philippe Kovath yeah. and uh, Baranjou as uh, yeah, co-authors, exactly. and you began collaborating yes. with them, correct? Yes. Yes. So, so that, it looked interesting for me, Yes. so it was an interesting system, and then what Philippe and Rudolf described in, in, in this paper to just show that there is, they provide this system for antiviral defense, right. but of course no one knew how the system works, yeah. and, and this is actually was my interest. Yes. So, so, I so over the next few years, you, you worked on that, and that led, uh, I may be skipping over some important milestones, but that led to a very well-known uh, series of incidents and, and your paper in 2012 yeah. um, that was eventually published in, in the proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. But there was a very interesting episode before that, because you had, maybe, I think, two, let's break this into two parts. One maybe you could just summarize what you found, what you described in this paper, but then I'm also curious, not least because I was formerly the chief editor of Cell Press, is that you had submitted this paper at the beginning of the year to Cell, uh, only to have it uh, declined, and, yeah. and, and which caused a big delay, um, and so I'd like to talk about that. But, but in that paper, you, you described the mechanism of DNA cleavage by the, the, the CRISPR-Cas9 system. Is that a fair summary? Yes, okay. but, but before the paper in, in Penis that you refer, yeah. actually we had one more paper yeah. in, in nucleic acid uh, research. Yeah. And actually I, I, I think this this is was an important paper because the, the system that Philippe and Trudeau described in, in, in science paper, actually they described the CRISPR system that was present in Streptococcus thermophilus. And Streptococcus thermophilus is an industrially important strain that is uh, used to make cheese and yogurt. And, and this is not surprising that it came from, from Danisco labs. The yogurt company. Yes. yes, yes. So, but, but as, as I'm making joke, in, in my lab we didn't know how to make cheese and yogurt. So when this <laughs> Streptomorphous strain arrived to the lab, so the next question was uh, what to do with it. So, and, and Therefore, the first thing what we did, we decided to try to transfer this CRISPR system from Streptomorphos into E. coli, that is actually a working horse in, in, in the lab. So, and, and then we looked, there were four different CRISPR systems present in, in this Streptomorphos strain. So, and, and we pick up the, the so-called CRISPR-3 system of Streptomorphos that contained that smallest number of genes so just the rationale behind this was actually it will probably be easier to clone and transfer mm -hmm. in E. coli and the other thing was that actually when we looked at these genes we found this Cas9 gene there 
and then looking carefully we were able to find out that there were a couple of putative active sites in this protein mm -hmm. that uh, resembled some active sites that we seen before in restriction enzymes mm -hmm. so that was actually our, our idea that maybe this mm -hmm. could be something uh, interesting mm -hmm. so therefore we decided to take this CRISPR system from Streptomorphos and transferred to E. coli mm. and, and to our surprise it worked mm. and, and, and then actually it was an experiment that we transferred this Streptomorphos CRISPR system uh, from Streptomorphos to E. coli and challenged it with phages and plasmids and we found that it provides interference against uh, invading foreign DNA in E. coli mm. and it was kind of first demonstration that these systems are in principle transportable. You mm. can take the system from one organism and streptomorphos mm. a gram-positive mm. you know, uh, organism and mm. then you transfer to E. coli, which is gram-negative hosts that are mm. actually mm. very very distantly uh, positioned in, in an evolution of tree. Mm. So, and, and then actually when we had the system in E. coli, so we were able to use different genetic tools that are developed in mm. so it was easy just try to kill one by one all cast genes that were present and we found that actually we can kill three other genes that were present in a CRISPR array and with no effect the E. coli still was able to uh, interfere with uh, phage infections or, or plasmid transformation but when we just killed the cas 9 mm. so the uh, interference disappeared. Ah. So that was the first indication that Cas9 is probably the key player mm. in, in the interference provided by, by CRISPR-3 system. Mm. Uh, CRISPR-3 system. Okay. So and, and of course the next it was a logical step to try to isolate this yes. from from E. coli. Yes. And, and actually, my doctoral student Gedrus Gasunas at that time uh, actually he try to isolate it from E. coli and, and he finally succeeded to isolate it okay. from E. coli yeah. and, and, and then of course we had it in a tube and we were able to, to, to do in vitro experiments. Yes, yes. And, and yeah, it's still, I still remember excitement when he actually did first experiment yeah. trying to, to cut plasmid DNA using uh, this is the Cas9 protein that he purified and, Cut, and cutting a sequence that you had specified. Yes, yes, yes. yes. And, and and then he showed that it looks that it works. Yeah. So of course, it was very exciting. But the next thing was just how, how do you, you you have to do new controls and many many different controls to be sure that that how, how do you celebrate a moment like that in Lithuania? Uh, okay. So, <laughs> yeah. As I said, we were very excited, but you know, in science, the yeah. next thing, uh, saw that can prove, prove it to okay, be another way. Yes, yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so, yes. so that this was the, uh, the the core of your 2012 yes. paper, and your yes. student was the first author. Yeah, uh, and you submitted it to Cell because yes. you were really you obviously felt this was a, a huge, hugely important yeah. uh, piece of work. And what happened? Uh, so. <laughs> Actually, we, we got a response from, from Sal saying that uh, they just didn't like the paper. Oh, <laughs> so it, it was a kind of rejection that they, they even didn't send it to a, for a review. Yeah. And, and I, I can't 
recalled correctly, but maybe saying that there is not much general interest in that yeah. or something like that. So, you so a stand, stand at the standard rejection. That you yeah. had, but, but then if you look backwards, uh, saying that there is no much general interest in that, so you, you see that it was a general interest. Of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, and, so, so, you, so, so we were frustrated by that yeah. because we, we, we thought, okay, so it's a big thing. And, yeah. And because actually what we did, we, we, we showed in this paper that in principle you, you, you can reprogram this Cas9 to any sequence. Yes. And then we stated that this could open new ways for... for, for you used the term DNA surgery. I don't know yes, if that had exactly. been used before, but exactly. that, was, that struck me yeah, as yeah, a yeah, very powerful yeah, statement. Yeah. So, so next, actually we decided to, to, to send it to, to, to sell reports. Ah. So it's a daughter. Yes, daughter journal. Yeah. Yes. So, but to my surprise, actually, the outcome was the same. Oh. Oh. So, and, 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 so cell rejected it twice. <laughs> cell press rejected it uh, twice. Yes, exactly. And then cell reports. It, it, it was with, a, with an editor for, for just sat with an editor for a very long time. Yeah. And then the response came. No, uh, we don't take it. Mm. So e e even. In, for, for the solid reports, it didn't uh, go further. Yes. So, so, so then we decided to go for, for PNAS. And were you aware at this time that uh, uh, Jennifer Doudna and Emmanuel Charpentier were submitting their paper to science, or did you only uh, hear about that when you saw it and published? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Had, had no yeah. about that. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so then it actually. We, we rearranged the PNS format, and of course it takes yes. it takes time. Yeah, yes, and, and, and then we send it to PNS. Yes, and, and yes. How would you compare your paper with the with the science paper, the the Doudna-Charpentier paper? Would you do you think they were very comparable, or did they was there something particularly significant in the in the the the, the Doudna-Charpentier paper that went a bit further than your own uh, your own work at that time? Mm. Yeah, so I, I think the major difference was that uh, actually these are two papers. If you look side by side, they look nearly nearly identical. Yeah. So uh, the only thing I think that they showed that they can use this single guide single guide RNA, so they can fuse yeah. this CRISPR and trace yeah. RNA molecules. And, yeah. And, and it's a major difference. Yes. Does this leave you? Uh, uh, the, 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 this experience and the fact that you must have played back in your mind what if Cell had, or Cell Reports even, had accepted my paper and that yeah. had been the first demonstration. I yeah. mean, it's a futile game, but it must leave you a little frustrated, I should say. Yes, think. of course, we were frustrated yeah. because actually it's kind of a bit. Or worse. <laughs> uh, yeah. What can you do? Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, so. If you look at the submission dates, you, yeah. you see that actually we, we, our submission date to PNS is, is earlier than their submission date uh, to, to, to science. To, to science. Yes. But uh, yes. of course, and our paper sent again for a long time in, in PNS. Yes. And, and then, of course, when you see that science, their paper in science was accepted in, in 
two weeks or something yeah. like that after submission. Yeah. So uh, it's a kind of you uh, struggle. Well, they probably had heard about your paper by then, I should think, and maybe were really uh, eager to press uh, to get this uh, thing uh, to get this thing out. Um, obviously, between uh, their work and Feng Zhang's work, uh, as the, everyone knows now, there is a big struggle, a big uh, dispute about patent rights yeah. and ownerships. Do you have any? Uh, and right now, the the, the the way the system has come down in the U.S. is different for the time being than it is in Europe. Do you have any any views on 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 where the whether one group or another should act, be deemed to have uh, invented the CRISPR-Cas9 system, or or how do you think this should all play out? Uh, yeah. By the way, we also filed. And uh -huh. patent application before we, we sent paper okay. out out to to sell. Yes, and, and it's a good news actually came in somewhere in somewhere to find it. But actually, in May this year, in the beginning of May this year, so we were also granted a, a, a patent from U.S. Patent Office so for, for our Congratulations. So, That's yes, great. so that was kind of okay. uh, uh, rewarding. Okay. Um, the big news as we sit here in your office this week is uh, a report, uh, it was correspondence in Nature Methods that reports a very large number of off-target effects from CRISPR-Cas9 editing. I, I wonder if you've had a chance to look at that paper and if you have any, any reaction. Uh, in fact, in, in, in fact, I just seen the, the abstract of the paper didn't have much time to, 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 to dive into it, but anyway, I, I think that actually these off-target effects that, of course, they are important in, 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 in the field, but, but you need to, to look at these off-target effects probably using a kind of set of standard methods, try to compare different Cas9 proteins, and this could be kind of because it was a short comment also somewhere, I can't recall the journal, but actually like a national institute of, of standards in the US, uh, we were just discussing that probably we need a kind of standard methods, mm. develop standard assays that could mm. be used for, for, for characterization of different Cas9s mm. and including of targets so that people mm. actually had a standard set of rules. Mm. Yeah. Most of the papers reported using CRISPR uh, gene editing so far have used uh, the uh, Cas9 as the enzyme that actually cleaves the DNA. There's also been a lot of interest in uh, CPF1. Um, but I'm curious uh, if this is a real area of expertise of yours. Do you anticipate in the next many years there will be a, a, a much larger selection of different nuclease enzymes that are coupled in this gene editing system for different applications, for different purposes. Uh, I'm curious what you think about that. Uh, yes, so it's, it's not very surprising for yeah. me because, as I said, there are many antiviral defense systems in bacteria, yeah. so, and, and bacteria probably invented different things to defend them against viruses, yeah. so actually what we did now, just ran the surface just now have Cas9, the CPF1 appeared, but I, I would not surprise, be yeah. surprised very much that new system will, will come. Yes. 
in the future. And regarding these cast knives, we also looking at this at this diversity of different cast nine proteins. And, and this is uh, current research that is ongoing yes. in, in the lab. Yes. So your own research, where, where, what, what uh, areas are you most interested in? You said uh, earlier in your career you got a little bit bored of just yeah. <laughs> solving restriction enzymes uh, structures. Um, uh, but is your lab still focused more on the, on the structural uh, basis of gene editing or yeah. are you pushing into some other areas? Actually, I think that the sense of the lab is that we are always using kind of combination of different different methods yeah. like X-ray crystallography, yeah. biochemistry and, and by phys- different biophysical methods just yeah. to, 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 to uh, look at, at <coughs> the restriction enzymes or cast ions or other proteins. Mm. But as you said that actually these antiviral defense systems are very diverse and then Cas9 universe is also probably very diverse and, and you know that this aspergillus Cas9 it recognizes it, it requires this short protospace adjacent motif or PAM sequence. Ah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So and 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 this of course to some extent limit the available sequence space because if you think about very precise genome editing, so yes. you need to have this GG PAM in in the vicinity of the of your target. Otherwise, Cas9 will not work on on the target. Mm. So, what we're doing now, we're trying to look at the Cas9 diversity and try to identify Cas9 that actually recognize different PAM sequences mm. and this should give a lot of, of flexibility and, mm. and actually expand the sequence space available for, for genome mm. applications. Mm. So this is one of the directions we are mm. going. Okay. As far as the, the big picture of CRISPR gene editing, there are two areas that I think really have uh, captured the imagination and also raised some uh, concerns, some ethical concerns. One is germline human embryo gene editing and the other is gene drives, the idea that we could yeah. potentially use CRISPR to eradicate malaria or Zika in different diff- different parts of the world. Um, would love to just hear your, your thoughts on those. Do you, uh, there have been a number of reports and there will be many more about the ethics and the appropriateness of uh, potentially using CRISPR to uh, engineer germline uh, changes in, in embryos. Do you do you think that is um, something that should be uh, allowed in certain cases? Uh, actually, oh, a year ago, it was a meeting in, in, in Paris organized by a Federation of European Medical uh, Academies uh-huh. and this meeting was focused on yeah. ethical issues. Yeah. And, and, uh, and Actually, what people agreed on, they, uh, probably there is no problem with genome editing in, in somatics in, in, in somatic yeah. cells. But but of course the the germline is still a red line uh, that should 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 okay. not be crossed at, at, okay. at the moment. Yeah. So that's actually was a major problem. Okay. Outcome of the meeting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what about uh, gene drives? Do you see not today, but do you think uh, there is a time in the future where uh, a CRISPR 
system could be used in, in Africa or in other parts of the world to uh, combat uh, infectious diseases that, uh, that uh, kill millions of people? Yeah, it's, it's a powerful technology. Yeah. And, uh, of course, I'm aware about the experiments that are done in, in UK for developing these, these yes. gene drive systems yes. to, to eradicate uh, mosquitoes yes. that actually transmits ma malaria. Yes. And, uh, of course, and this is, as always happens, there is a tool and there is a system that allows you to, to achieve certain goals. Yes. But then, there is a bigger issue that actually the, the society should actually discuss these things and, and, and come to some kind of agreement whether we can use it or not. Mm. And this is not an easy question. Right. It's not only just yes or no. Right. So they just always. Right. So my final question is, do you think in the next 10 years from now, will you, will you still be working on CRISPR or do you think something <laughs> even more exciting will have suddenly but, appeared? But you know, that, that what, what's interesting in being in science that you, you never know what will happen next day. Yeah. So that's, I was working on the reception zone, so then Chris went that, and then you don't know if the student comes next day, okay, so yeah. see, we have interesting system here, yeah. and that's, yeah. yeah. So this is how things are wrong. Oh, well, we shall wait and see. So, uh, uh, Virgin Sixes, thank you so much for your time today. Oh, thank okay. you.